Hello, hello, hello. These are your hosts, Atit and Tapan, and this is Cold Brew Money. We are talking about money because your friends and family won't. Hi, Atit. How are you doing? Good, yeah. How are you? How's summer? It's hot. <laughs> it's yeah. getting hotter. Uh, but um, yeah, the thing, I don't know if we discussed, like in UK, no apartments come with an AC or a fan. So... <laughs> getting ridiculous it's not as hot you know i might be complaining like compared to mumbai like mumbai is in 35s right so i shouldn't be complaining but it's here it's right now at 24 25 celsius okay so yeah not too bad like uh, right now here it is like 32 32 right so yeah kind of hot oh, without without the hot. humidity yeah without the yeah. humidity right mumbai yeah. at least has some humidity yeah here it's 25ish but i i am feeling really hot these days so i'm planning to buy an ac or a fan or something uh, yeah. the thing here like in us we got ac like our own acs for a unit for an apartment right uh but those windows we could fit them in here the windows are such like you can't just you need to plan the whole house if you want to put in an ac you can just buy so i need to buy something that is portable and nice and then at the same time i want to buy headphones that are like in your i have over the head headphones right but um these are not always convenient so i want something that is more convenient portable so i'm looking at options airpods pro are at the top right now but i don't know i just have something against them i feel apple headphones always fall down because when i used oh. to use those headphones with the wires they used to always come out so i used to hate those headphones, uh, earbuds so now yeah. i don't know if if they are better yeah it's actually uh, counterintuitive uh, your headphones are wired headphones uh, used to come out because of the wires um mm. and these are much more stable i think i saw some video you would see on yeah. fact check yeah yeah the regular airpods or the pro ones yeah uh, i have uh, the the regular ones this is like 2 years okay. old which i think is better than the pro uh, because like i've heard a lot of complaints about the pro like it stops working after a few months or something i've i've heard like i bought it for my sister it stopped working for her after like 3 4 months uh one of my cousin bought it same thing happened to him so maybe it's just yeah uh, those particular models but yeah uh but i think they they're pretty good i don't think it'll fall off from your it, <laughs> it does take some getting used to getting but used i to. think they're pretty pretty stable yeah Yeah, I was looking at other options, but couldn't find anything that was uh, both came close. But um, mm. it's the whole Apple ecosystem. Yeah, it just makes it so yeah. much easy, you know. It's have it. it's it's awesome. Like I don't know. Like I I must have spoken about this in one of the previous episodes. But uh, even Komal has one, right? So we in. like we can sh- listen to the same podcast or same music from one phone and share the audio oh, right wow. like and we while traveling also you could see the same movie and listen to the same so it wasn't like i'm watching from my phone and she's watching on her phone ah. uh, so it's it's pretty neat that way and obviously like if you have multiple apple devices then it uh switches uh seamlessly like you don't even have to switch like it yeah. knows what phone or device you're using and then it just connects to it so it's not perfect it makes a lot of mistakes but i think it's getting there it makes less mistake than it used to like three it used to so yeah. i think and that's the thing i'm fighting against i don't want to be part of like so ingrained in the ecosystem you know because like what's next i already have an iphone ipad i'll get an airpod then what's next apple watch and then i'll be like okay windows is too much i want a macbook as well and then yeah done 
Next, I know. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know. I feel uh, it's the same reason as uh, the thing that is happening with Amazon for me right now. Like, I don't check any other sites for any prices or anything. It's just that Amazon is the way to go, even though there might be cheaper deals or. like a local store or something you know so if yeah. once i'm part of that apple ecosystem i will stop looking for better alternatives altogether in my mm. like as i grow old which i i just i just want to resist that it's a very <laughs> stupid explanation i can understand that but it's it's mm. one that it's it's going in my head that that's the thing that is going in my head yeah you know like it's okay if you don't look for better prices on other websites i feel uh, you should also consider like the dollar amount like if you're planning to buy a car or a house i understand like it's a the difference might be like few thousands of dollars right uh, if not more whereas for like if you're planning to buy like a curtain or a you know but it adds up yeah it sort of adds up but you might get like few dollars of tens of dollars over a on every year. order yeah over a whole year i don't think it'll cross like 1000 right mm. the dis- the difference between like the cheapest option that you could have bought versus what you're just buying because i think you save more time um compared to going through the hassle unless you like it if you like it then more power to you but if you just mm. almost yeah. want to run an experiment like one person orders everything from amazon one person for an entire year from outside mm. and then see like the same things and see who saves more yeah. i'm pretty sure some someone might have done this stupid thing on youtube or somewhere <laughs> yeah i'm sure cool. cool if anyone has any headphones recommendations wireless bluetooth uh, enabled noise cancellation if feasible let us let me know uh, through my instagram or twitter anywhere because i'm looking for a new pair cool uh, we'll get started uh, today's episode is a continuation of our episode number 48 which was on the investors checklist how do you value a company in terms of the uh, the story which is like the business quality and then the numbers in episode 48 we covered the story aspect of it like what business quality should you look for in a company when you're evaluating so atit shared his own checklist which was going through a number of points uh and for each one of them we went through in quite a lot of detail <laughs> uh to explain what it means and what should you be looking at um and today's episode we'll cover the numbers part which is uh, how do you value the company what numbers should you be looking at uh and that in totality will give you a good idea of um if you should be investing in that company so that's why we are calling it as a investors checklist uh but as always before we get started if you like cold brew money please share it with your friends family let them know about the podcast because it helps us a lot so now let's get started after this break Cool, Atit. Let's get started. Uh, we went over the business quality. It was pretty interesting. Like some of them were uh, new to me. Like we had discussed moats and all that. So 
but there were a few things that i did not know about like the addressable market multi year growth and things that we discussed so it was very enlightening so i'm ready to learn more today oh, wow. so let's <laughs> let's start with the no pressure huh? no pressure yeah. no pressure at all so let's start with the numbers piece uh, yeah. what do you look at in terms of a company and what numbers do you look at sure uh, but like to reiterate like right like having a checklist itself helps uh, makes you a better uh, decision maker and an investor uh, i think because it provides and we discussed like the you know the pro- pros of having a checklist in the previous episode but let's just uh, go over it one more time like it having a checklist gives you framework of how to think about a company or how to go about researching a, a particular company that you are interested in in, in investing uh, it protects against biases uh, it, it gives you a starting point uh, and it also forces you to learn about the company that you're going to put your heart and money towards right so these are some of the the benefits of having a, a checklist and one of the biggest one is it protects at least it protects me from impulse buys right just because i saw some famous investor uh, buying it or i saw some company going up like 20 30% you might feel like let me just buy also because it's a hot stock right now but uh, having this process right like you i have a rule that i will i need to have this uh, i need to go through this checklist before i consider by hitting that buy button right so it gives you some time to think sleep on it uh, and slows you down and i think it's very important uh, and it protects against that impulse buys at least for me so that's why i have this checklist again like we said in the previous episode it's not an exhaustive list um, and we discussed like the story part of it like you just said let's talk about the numbers right yep. so once you have like the story right of the company like what it does and all the different qualitative aspect of the company then i dig into the numbers uh, and i like to start with what i call the moat numbers right like uh, the top line growth the bottom line growth and the margin operating margin of the company okay so top line growth is the revenue growth because it's the first line in an income statement right how fast is the sales of this company growing right um and i like to see if the company has been growing for 15% over the last 10 years that way you know like it is growing constantly over a good 10 period right it's not like a um short uh, short boost that the company got because of some something that happened like zoom for example right last year i'm sure it sales went up off the roof but is it sustainable like if we see this uh, if we see zoom in like 2026 i'm pretty sure like the sale revenue growth might not be what it was last year right because it has to be sustainable over a 10 years period of time or at least like 7 to 10 years right uh, and i like to see if uh, it should be more than 15% why 15% there's no there's no science behind it but i like uh, it's it's a good uh, you know number to start off off um then is the it, bottom line isn't 15% a lot or it's a normal for any company like i'm thinking about for example coca cola something that has been there for such a long time do they still grow at like 15% I don't think they will be growing at 15% but I'm not interested in those companies then right like mm. I, I they are very good qualitative companies but they are pretty I mean the total addressable market is is reached 
right unless yeah. they ha- are investing in something interesting i think like pepsi few years back like two three years back they bought soda stream uh, mm. which makes those you know machines which you can convert you can convert like a regular water into uh sparkling oh could the sparkling the carbonated yeah. thing yeah 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 so that is one one aspect like a growth avenue for pepsi or they bought like frito lays uh, i don't know when it's been a while since they acquired the company but that is in the into the snacks and you know fast food uh segment so unless it is uh, they they are planning to do that and that it should reflect in the numbers also right so uh, that's why like 15% is high but i like companies which are growing at that rate makes sense otherwise okay. otherwise the company is fully priced i think the next part is like the bottom line right like the the last line in the income statement which is the profit the profit should be growing at again 15% for at least 10 years 5 7 to 10 years at least um which also indicates that there is a competitive that there is more for this company right they have been able to have like uh, consistently not just grow into the market but also keep their profits aligned which means they'll have more money to keep reinvesting into the business so while uh, sales is important and early growth companies like you know most of these saas companies cloud companies they will have high uh, revenue growth but they might not be making any profit right so i mean that's that's definitely the case for a lot of early growth but the you know those are very risky assets you never know if they'll be around in 10 years or not so uh, that's why the pro- uh, first thing the company should be making a profit right not a loss but a profit and then it should be growing those profits at 15% so that is another thing that i look at and oh and how do you value companies that haven't been there for 10 years uh, example yeah. mongodb snowflake something like that they they right. are new they are new companies right so how do you value those companies yeah it's uh, they don't pass this they fail these two yeah. uh, checklists yeah, right fair. so yeah like you you move on like it's too it's not too difficult you just there are so many <laughs> you know uh, you go to the next one yeah yeah you go to the next one um otherwise you need to have a very compelling story where you got convincingly fool yourself or at least convince yourself yeah. um that the company will if you look at it in next uh you know 15 years the last 10 years would be would have grown yeah. at 15% yeah so very like your business story yeah yeah the, the story has to side, be very good very yeah, good it should outweigh on numbers uh, and you are 100% convinced that okay my story is unbiased and i'm pretty sure this will grow at this rate and i'm down right. for investing okay makes sense right yeah and then the last mode number is operating margin which should also be more than 15% averaging more than 15% uh, which shows that they have pricing power right if the operating margin is going down that means the competitors are coming and pricing you know pulling down the price like airline business you know, you start off if you are the only airline great you have monopoly and everything but then as competitors start to come in they'll start offering the same service at a cheaper price and your operating mar- you'll have also have to go down right uh, and that will affect the operating margin obviously very oversimplified way of looking at it but uh, it shows you that if if uh, operating margin is staying same or growing even better if it is growing um then 
they have like good pricing power they have like the moat right that's what we are looking for in these three numbers operating margin is it a line item within the financial statements so okay. it will be between operating income and revenue so that is like the to find if the company has moat a long durable moat okay next i look at the management right how to value uh how to determine like if the management are good capital allocators right how how are they operating the business so a good uh, metric to look for is return on equity uh which should average for more than again 15 15% over a uh, 10 year period uh that means that they know uh, they're allocating all the resources that they have very efficiently like very few companies can sustain 15% more than 15% uh, for 10 years they cannot fake it it's very difficult to fake uh, this not i mean there are exception obviously but um, if the com- if the company the business actually has is here for the long duration then and the management is know, knows what they're doing then uh, every uh, return on equity should be more than 15% should not be very difficult and also uh, i also like to look at uh, return on equity uh, capital employed right or return on invested capital right so um, roe is good to look at and i think that's like buffett's one of the you know at least in the early days uh, he like to look at roe for the company and a lot of uh, compensation for all the ceos were based on the roe numbers so if if the roe is like above certain threshold then they will get compensated right that's that was the berkshire hathaway model uh, i don't know if they're still practicing that because the businesses have changed the nature of the businesses have changed but it's definitely one of the good way to evaluate managers and then return on capital employed is good to look at for uh, capital intensive businesses or any businesses that require a lot of debt because roe does not consider uh, debt it's uh, it's basically the uh net income divided by the shareholders equity shareholders active equi- uh, equity is basically uh total assets minus uh, total liabilities right so it does not take into account any debt right so there is a way to manipulate roe by taking on a lot of uh, de- uh like increasing your income by borrowing a lot of money right so that way your net income will go up but your total assets uh, like to- the shareholders equity won't go up so the roe numbers will go i think it's getting uh, too technical but in order to prevent that right to detect that you just look at the roce numbers right return on capital employed um or invested capital it will tell you it will take the the borrowings and debt into account and mm. a good management will if you look at like the graph of roe and roce over 10 10 years both of them will move in sync they might not be the same so like uh, it won't be the same but they will move together so if roe goes down roce should also go down and vice versa so and the last uh, metric here is debt to earnings ratio right how much uh, loan or debt the company has divided by what is the average earnings of the company right it should be less than 3 right which means that the company could pay off all the debt if they wanted to in 3 years 3 years by just okay. whatever their profit is by just okay based on the profit the roc and roe thing i think it makes sense uh, mm-hmm. as you said if they take on more debt you won't be able to 
track it just based on the ROE numbers you need ROC as well yeah but the graph and things that you are talking about again you can get that information i'm guessing on yahoo financials or stockro or something like that yeah stockro definitely has i don't think yahoo finance has like at least not the you won't get it for last 10 years uh, stockro okay. is still free i'm pretty sure there will be a paywall on that uh, soon but right now it's free yeah so if there is yeah, a paywall some like other it. some other company will come up which will provide those numbers hopefully yeah that's <laughs> the beauty of internet yeah yeah cool cool so these three numbers for management we looked at three metrics for looking at if the company has moat three numbers for management um and then we if if the company passed these two things right which is difficult right we have a very high bar of 15% if they pass all of this then we look at the valuation right this is this follows the principle that one buffet gave us uh you should look at the value or the price of the company at the end you should not it would, and a lot of people will just look at the price what it is trading at the first, you know as soon as they heard about the company right that's the first thing that they do go on their stock broking app or go to robinhood search for the company the next thing is they will look at the performance over 5 year or 1 year like how it has done that has nothing to do with how it will perform in the future right uh, it's literally like almost zero correlation but yeah so once it passes all of these filters the last thing to look at is the valuations actually the second last thing we'll go into the last thing uh but the second last thing is to try to estimate how how much it is trading for relative to its history right so uh, the one of the metric is uh, and the most popular one is price to earnings and i think we dedicated like a whole episode on what episode. price to earnings are and what are its uh, what are its pitfalls and all of that right so you could check out what that is but uh, i like to look at the median uh, price to earnings of the company and to, uh, compare it with the current price to earnings right so if the median is like say 10 and the current is 15 that means it is trading at a you know uh, like higher valuation than what historically it trades at right so this again doesn't necessarily mean that it is expensive but obviously it gives you a nice gauge like uh, if the median is 10 and it is trading at like 50 or 60 or something like that that means that uh, it is quite overvalued historically right so uh price to earnings is one the second thing i look at is price to sales these are especially uh, good for companies which doesn't have a uh, positive earnings which you should not be you know in at this level of the checklist if the company is not making any profit but let's say you you really love the high growth this high growth company which is going to disrupt some uh, industry um and you you believe the story right then you okay fine then you don't you can't compare with pe because you don't have the e you don't have the earnings, earnings. so you look at the price to sales right price to sales as you revenue at hopefully and i mean your company should have a uh, positive revenue um if it doesn't then i don't know what you're doing you should probably just give your money to a, a you know financial advisor or, or invest in uh, dogecoin or, in, <laughs> or invest in s&p 500 i don't know about dogecoin um <laughs> but yes you got you got compare with price to sales um if what the median price to sales is and what the current price to sale price to sale is obviously higher number for current compared to median means that is expensive it is lower than the medium then it is uh trading at a cheaper valuation 
and this is what i like to do uh, is you could create a dcf model right you could actually increase your earnings of the of your company with a decent growth rate and then try to discount it using uh, a discount rate right and we've dedicated a whole episode of on dcf uh, on a previous episode we've also built a calculator uh, on our website where you can enter like four inputs which is the earn price uh, earnings per share uh, growth of the of those earnings discount rate that you want to give and uh, and the the pe of the company that it will be trading at so using that it will give you a nice little range of what the the company should be trading at right um so it at least gives you a baseline of what what the company should be worth makes sense and we'll link the calculator it's cold brew money coldbrew.money/dcfcalculator we'll link it in the episode notes it's really helpful tool and it's very simple to use mm-hmm. okay so now let's say you have the story you looked at uh, the moat you think the numbers support the moat numbers support what the quality of the business is you looked at the management the operators are great they you think they they have the potential to keep this business uh, growing and then you also looked at the fair value through multiples and through creating an intrinsic model of the uh, intrinsic value of the company as well right now uh, it passes all of that it is trading at a uh, relatively cheaper multiple your dcf model is uh, you know the fair price is higher than what it is trading at currently uh, now you have to make a decision should you buy it or not okay and this is relatively newer um, i think if you're a long term investor you, and you you are at this uh, point in your checklist and you still think uh, it is worth investing and like it is trading at a discount go for it you should just set up maybe lump sum invest your uh, whatever you think you want to invest in the company or set up like a sip or you know dollar cost average it uh, over a period of time however you feel comfortable but you could also add this additional step where you look at like some of the technicals so this is a relatively new addition whereas where i like to look at technicals before i actually invest uh, the technicals that i like to look at is uh, 20 daily moving average uh, macd uh, and rsi macd and rsi both with default values i don't mess around with those a lot um, and if you don't know what any of these mean that's totally fine we are here for the long term long in, uh, long term investors and it doesn't matter in the long yep. run right any of the technicals that i just mentioned won't really matter yeah and just like on the long term piece i just wanted to reiterate like both of us and if you've been listening to cold brew money this will just reinforce whatever we've been telling like you need to be long term investing because if you go the checklist route for sure if amc is rising by 25% in a day you won't invest it invest in it unless you go through your checklist and if you go through the checklist i'm pretty sure you won't invest in it and if you go through the checklist again and you find a company that is good to keep your one day price increase or decrease won't matter to you if it is a good company for a long term uh for a lot if it is a good company for you for a long term time period then it you will invest in it if the checklist helps like it supports your understanding of the company right atit yeah absolutely like i um 
so if you go through this exercise right you should have a nice or rounded story and numbers uh, to support your investment thesis right it should and like most investments uh, are like a no brainer investment right like when you actually put your money towards it it should you should be able to explain what your what the company does in three sentences or less and it should be a no brainer in your mind and i've used uh, this approach more during the times of you know crashes than when it's a when it's a bull market right when facebook drops like 20 30% because of some scandal i try to go back look at why i invested in facebook because you will forget at least i forgot why what was my original thesis uh, and when you you know when you open it before selling right open your checklist see why you made those those uh, decisions and then if if the thesis has changed in some cases it will be like whatever assumptions you made while building this while going through this checklist and building your investment thesis if the assumptions have changed then you sell although and in most cases it won't it's just the market being market right mr market being mr market yep makes sense cool that was uh, it from our side it was really helpful again if you listen to episode 48 and 49 together it will make more sense uh, and it is how we planned the episode but uh, so essentially whenever you before you invest uh, you should have a compelling story and then at the same time you should have the numbers to back your story so the checklist will help you to document the story and the numbers and we discuss some of the important aspects of the story side and also the number side in the two episodes so if you have your own checklist please feel free to share with us uh, you already know our twitter and instagram handles it's coldbrewmoney or you can reach out to us through our website which is coldbrew.money and we are planning to build a tool around the checklist so if you are interested in looking at that please let us know but for now these were your hosts tatitan tapan and this was coldbrew money